When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Yes, it is Judd's Hockey Show, and I think we could add the word disgruntled hockey show to the title uh, today after the Wild played an absolute egg in game five in Dallas on Tuesday night. It's Judd, it's Declan, and as always, once a week, we are joined by the brilliant hockey mind of Jesse Pierce, who, uh, in addition to co hosting the Bar Down Beauties podcast, which you most definitely should go and find and listen to. Also covers the Wild, every home game at least, and every practice at least. So she's very familiar with the team for NHL.com. So, Jess, we did, Dex and I did a vent line last night, which was very therapeutic. We had a lot of folks on, frustrated, mad. The floor is just yours. After mm-hmm. that performance, I just want to turn, I just want your thoughts. Because you yeah. cover this team, you know them really well. Go ahead. Uh, Dex, do you have that bleep button ready? Like if I were just to go off on a rant, I don't think I can use any of the words. I don't think any of it is appropriate to say on air. That is the frustration. I am right there with you guys. I think everybody is frustrated. You go back to game four. That is the best I have seen that Minnesota wild team play all year long. That's without question. Everything was there. They were clicking, they were rolling still some things to work out, but since then, they have completely dropped off. Yes, we can talk about the power play. Yes, we can talk about the penalty kill. We can talk about the lack of superstars. I mean, from top to bottom, there is nothing rolling in Minnesota's favor, and it's basically a lather, rinse, repeat from last season. You're looking at a game six where are you going to switch goalies now? I mean, I don't know if it's even going to do anything. Um, I think the main frustrations, and I know everybody has echoed this, that penalty kill, it has to stop. And granted, Yes, you miss a Jules Erickson. Yes, you miss his ability to win on the faceoff. I mean, you look at Dallas, not only is their faceoff percentage high as far as winning goes, but on the power play, they're absolutely dominant. The majority of these power play goals coming off of the draw in their offensive zone and maybe a pass or two, and it's it's in the back of the net. That's frustrating. It is also, I've been very kind to Kirill Kaprizov. I've been very kind to Matt Boldy. Where the heck are they? Like, at this point, you need to start asking those questions because, yes, one player doesn't make an entire difference on a team, but they sure as heck make a difference when they're the superstars. Connor McDavid isn't going absent. Leander Seidel's not going absent for the the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, look at all these other series. Their guys are showing up, and Minnesota's aren't. And, yes, Kirill's probably still playing a little hurt. Who isn't? It's the playoffs. Get it together. Let's go. You're facing elimination. And I would just like to see a little bit of passion, a little bit of fire out of the team. I mean, looking at last night after they went down 3-0, 
nobody cared. Like, it was like, okay, it's fine. We'll just go back to St. Paul and face elimination. Like, no, like, why are you guys not invested in this? Like, I sadly am. My poor kid is heartbroken. He's like, but the wild aren't winning. And I was like, I know, son, this is called Minnesota. And this is what we get used to. And that's my rant. That's that was a good time. Three minutes. I could go on. No, that's awesome. Bravo. 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 And, and, And kudos too. you did not dump on officiating, which I'm just sick of. Like, I know there've been some questionable calls, but when you've given up nine power play goals against, that's a you problem. That's right. not an official's problem. Um, there's so much to unpack here about what's gone wrong, because I want to make it very clear. You know, I defended Kaprizov after game four, and I actually thought game four, while I thought the Wild got a little bit out of its game, I thought game four was extremely entertaining as a hockey fan who watched it on TV. I was like, this is a great game. Uh, now, I know the Wild well enough to know that that game wasn't totally what they probably wanted to do. Um, but Jesse, you know, back to your point about last year, you know, game two in this series to me was your one inexcusable game, right? Like that was a complete egg was laid. It was awful. Yeah. Flurry wasn't great, but it went far beyond him. And so, okay. You stinker, but then game three, Dallas stinker. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not great, but it happens. But how did last night happen? Um, you know, once Felino got that call, it's sort of like, they're all like, okay, this is done. Like I never, TBS was begging the wild showing graphics teams coming back from three goals down. Right. And, and they were begging them like, there's a, there, there's a potential here. There. And they finally just started to rip the team and Dean because there was no response. Yeah. How do you have no response? Well, and and I should correct myself. I think I said game four was their best. Game three was their best game I've ever seen them play, that big dousing. But you're right, Judd. I mean, throughout the series, you have seen a little bit of everything. You have seen a poor game from Minnesota. You've seen a poor game from Dallas. You've seen that game one, which was absolutely tremendous from both sides. And honestly, in game four, Minnesota was the better five-on-five team. It was a couple lucky bounces. One goes off Sagan Skate. Yes, they're capitalizing on the power play. But really, Minnesota didn't play terribly. And that was more of a score that I thought would echo the identity of the series in general. And then Minnesota shows up last night. Yes, it's only 3-0-4-0 if you count that empty net, obviously. It's just there there was no presence. There was no Minnesota presence. Yes, it sucks to start off with a major to Marcus Foligno and a game misconduct. No, it shouldn't have been a major. But at the same time, there still needs to be other guys playing. Like Marcus Foligno going down, you have plenty of guys that can step up and replace him. And it's just kind of, it's mind-boggling that Dean Evson reverted to what he's always done, what he's always known. There was no line juggling. There was no drastic changes. You are down three to zero in a pivotal game five. My God, man. Like I get to chat with him today at the airport. I have trying to get this all out before I go ask him the very pinpoint questions that I have, because you need to see something different. I'm not talking about the goaltending in game six. I'm talking about everything else that is lacking because your goaltending least of your problems, least of your concerns. It's an easy way to maybe put some makeup on a pig, but it's not going to fix anything. Bravo, Jess. First off, this is just great. This is very therapeutic for also for us to hear this too, I think. And a lot of wild fans, same yeah. thing on our, on our podcast network. So you're, you're cutting open a vein, rightfully so. Um, five on five, this, this series actually has favored the wild, which I think going into this series, we, we looked at, you know, tail of the tapes, if you will, li- lineups and we saw, okay, the, Stars have really good center depth. They have really good scoring. I mean, that's going to be tough here. Can the Wild kind of weather the storm five on five? So far, the Wild have been the better team five on five. The biggest Achilles heel to the Wild has been self-inflicted of penalty kill, not doing its job. I mean, when you allow this many power play goals, 
and when you're also conversely not converting your own special teams, I mean, that's also the biggest story here, uh, biggest big story here too. It's not just the Wilds penalty kill being absolutely terrible. The Wilds power play hasn't also lived up to its hype either. So mm-hmm. special teams has been so lopsided basically on a seesaw that it's just anchoring down on the stars and that's where it's been. That's why the series is now 3-2 to two Dallas and we're kind of looking as Minnesota sports fans and people who cover this team as, here we go again, same old song and dance. The Wild have been down 3-2 to two in numerous first-round series before, but this one feels like we're just waiting for a shoe to drop. We're just, it feels exactly like the Blues last year. Certainly they can make up for it with a big Game 6 win in St. Paul on Friday. But it just it feels like we've seen this, you know, Taylor Swift. I, I think I've seen this you know, story before. OK, and I didn't like the ending. And I feel like we're doing the same damn thing again. I don't know why I allow myself hope and belief in anything, really, but just mostly when it comes to Minnesota sports. I remember sitting in the elevator of game four, going up to the press box. And I was like, no, I'm mad at myself because I was believing. I was like, you know what? I got a good feeling. I got a good feeling. I was like, no, you're not allowed those good feelings. This is a Minnesota team. Something is going to let you down. And and I figured, you know what, after game four, there was more dramatic ways to let us down. Game five proved that that was a much worse way, a much more frustrating way to let us down. And it's just, it is. You look at the penalty kill and the I could go on and on about this. The amount of shots that Dallas is able to get in in their net front presence, like Gustafson's making the first save. He's making the second save. Sometimes he's making the third kick out and you don't have anybody clearing the puck or getting a stick on there. And my God, you guys, I can't handle it. It drives, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes on everything you've said, and and I just and look, I mean, they got two games left. They could win this thing, but last night to me was just they literally just sort of like yanked the wild spirit out of their bodies and just stomped on it, and it was maddening to watch. And there was nothing good. And you're right, Boldy's been a no show. Kaprizov, I thought actually, I defended him at, uh, after game four. He mm-hmm. didn't score, but he played really well. And so I said, okay, he showed up. Like, I saw him a lot last night. No show. I got two plays. I got two plays in particular last night that drove me crazy. Third period, both. But before I get to to that, Jesse's exactly right. You cannot count on Minnesota sports. But you know what? As Jesse Pierce can attest to, and I certainly can, what you can count on, Livia Weight Control Centers. Because they are going to help you change not just the, the immediate future, but your life going uh, forward, because this is not a fab diet. This is weight control. And that means they're going to help you very easily take the weight off. Then most importantly, keep the weight off. The best thing, Jesse, if you join right now, three months for free. In fact, you are endorsing them on your p- podcast. Tell us about your weight loss and journey, because I think that this is very important for people to realize how effective Livia is. Absolutely. I have loved it. The support and encouragement I get each week. I'm a perfectionist. I don't like to half-ass anything. Livia has been there to help me every step of the way, even if I do slip. During the playoffs, it's tough. There are burgers and food, and it's late nights, long days. Thankfully, everything is on the go. I've got my snacks. I've got my bars. I've got my shakes. Plus, I'm meal prepping now even better. It's been fantastic. I am down nearly 20 pounds in about four and a half weeks. So it certainly worked for me. We're getting beach ready, you guys. Get those bikinis out. That's right, Get Judd. those shorts out. Right, Judd? You no. ready? No, I'm not. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 53. There no no one's seen... I want an evening Judd or afternoon Judd from the swimsuit, Judd. Come on. No, Come on. no. Jesse, Jesse's mm-hmm. young. Swimsuits in play. <laughs> bikinis in play. Judd, you do not want to see it. I don't care how much weight I've, I've dropped. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A-Livia.com. Take it from me. Take it from 
Jesse, Livia works, Livia.com. And again, three months free uh, is the offer right now. Okay, so here's two things that drove me crazy about last night, third period in particular, okay? And so this is where it's one thing to lose. You lost game four, too bad. Could have been tweaked a bit, but you know what? Good game. Two things last night, and they were probably small, but they drove me crazy. One is four on four after Dallas was called for an embellishment. Boldy has the puck. He proceeds into four and four. So there's open ice. Proceeds into the Dallas zone, down three at the time, and then circles back with it into neutral and eventually makes an ill-advised pass. So the play gets blown up, okay? That's Boldy. That's a guy with 31 goals, correct? The other one was you pull your goaltender. And seconds after you pull your goaltender, Matt Zuccarello decides to make a hero pass. And of course, it misses the mark and it's icing. So you got to put your goaltender right back in. This is the type of attention to detail and the type of thing, Jesse, that drives me nuts. And I'm going to tell you right now, for the second consecutive year, Dean Evison's coaching has underwhelmed me to a point of, I think there's a conversation here. If they lose this series, I don't see how Bill Guerin and Craig, as much as they might love him, I don't see how you don't have a conversation about, is this the guy? Everything that they're doing to me in the playoffs, like last night, is inexcusable. That attention to detail comes with, say it with me, having practices. The Minnesota Wild have had three, maybe four practices, and I'm not even kidding. That might not, I mean, it's very few and far between. And Dean really prides himself on that. But when are you going to get those things to work out? When are you working those kinks out? When are you going to try new guys together then? Like those, there's a reason that teams practice all the time during out throughout the course of the season. And it's to work out these finer details, things that are going to shine during the playoffs, things that should be worked out though, should be ironed out. You should have an answer for them. Um, and Judd, I know you came in this year saying that Dean's playoff record is an abomination. I mean, yeah. certainly in his coaching career, whether it's the AHL, NHL, or even down to the WHL, which wasn't great either. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I think a conversation has to be floating around, at least in Bill Guerin's head, especially when Bill Guerin said this year that they were going to pay better, better attention to special teams because it was so bad last year during the playoffs. And again, seeing it on repeat, like we're all losing our minds, it's got to be frustrating. I mean, and again, it's something that needs to change and whether that is maybe just a Darby thing, because Darby Hendrickson does indeed run the special teams. Um, you know, maybe it's just a change there first before you look down the line at Dean. But yeah, I mean, if you don't see a dramatic put the lines in a blender for game six, then that's an even bigger problem, a bigger worry. And then I would say Dean doesn't make it through the post the end of the year. We also have to figure out is, so let's say they go down the path of, Moving on from Dean Evison, um, what other guys are available? Because right now there's really no one that's sexy that's available. I saw on ESPN.com, I just typed in, you know, what NHL coaches could be available obviously this summer. And this was obviously done towards the end of the regular season. And, you know, the retreads that are out there are just kind of blah. You know, Andrew Brunette could be someone who maybe gets another crack, who is a former Wild player. One that just intrigues me right away, and I don't know if we have to go completely down, who could coach the Wild here if when when their season's still obviously... Um, going on, and they could still move on from the playoffs. But ESPN has Mark Savard as an option to watch. A former cup winner, a former guy who I think Bill Guerin, just just completely guessing here, by the way, I think would like a lot. I think he would have to do his homework on who becomes available and also who could I get that makes this team better. I think if the Wild lose in Game 6 and lose kind of in convincing fashion like they've kind of done the last few years, that a change is probably in the works. 
but I don't think they're just going to do one just straight up to do one. I think Bill Guerin's a little more calculated than that and not just going to rip a Band-Aid off to do it. But who could become available and what type of guys could be in play to coach the Wild, too? I think that also factors in if they're going to move on from Dean. Well, and you've already seen the staffing changes happen down in Iowa. Tim Army, no longer the yeah. head coach down there. They didn't renew the contracts there. So, I mean, Bill Guerin's keeping an eye. The main reason, because Iowa didn't advance like they should have in the playoffs, similar to, to up here with the big boys. I mean, Bill Guerin's not a guy that wants to have a losing strategy. He's not satisfied with making the playoffs. He's not a guy that is going to be like, okay, this is fine. But I agree. I mean, Mark Savarda hadn't ever considered. I love the idea of having an unproven coach or an untested coach necessarily. I desperately want the NHL to change things. I don't want to keep giving the same Let's old guys. guys. No, I can't do, gonna it. Be out there. can't do it. Give me somebody new. Cause I think this team would respond as this team's getting younger, as this team's getting quicker. They need somebody that has that forward thinking like they do. I mean, as we've talked about with Dean Evson and his coaching style, he likes to go back to the grit and the fighting and the tough and the, just the physical with while ignoring the other aspects and skill sets that some of his players might have. So it'd be curious. Again, I, I like Dean fine enough, but if it were me, I'd, he'd be out. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Tailored to your schedule, customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little you need. You can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up those springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash judd50 and use code JUD50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code JUD50 at factormeals.com. Just does it bother you too that, um, for instance, post game last night, you know, first of all, I, I, I saw him, uh, I watched it and it looked like he was shaken, like he didn't look like himself. Um, and the second thing is, you know, I feel like he is the primary problem of the officials are our crutch. Like he's up there talking about the official and yeah, you know what? You didn't agree. That's cool. That's but Peter DeBoer from the moment after game one, when he set the tone by saying, this is a penalized team, you know, um, Peter DeBoer is the latest coach to play Dean like a fiddle. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Craig Bruby, same thing. DeBoer one in seven against, uh, you know, this same team when he was coaching the Golden Knights two years ago. So, you know, I just feel like you give your players an excuse when it's always the big bad officials. We can't do this. We can't do do that. Um, there just seems to be a lack of, I don't know, poise or calm, which is weird because Dean comes off as poised and calm a lot. But that's, you know, that post-game pressure last night really bugged me because, yeah, he talked about the fact they didn't play well, but he should have started with that. Like, this yeah. is on us. This is not excusable. This is not who we are. And the other thing that they did that bugged me last night was I didn't see grit as much as I saw frustration. Zicarello was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, slashing guys, and Hartman was doing the same. Like, that stick work does you no favors. And it's one thing to be gritty and hit and, and, and work. I love that. But when you're, you know, frustrated and slashing and hacking and making stupid plays, that's just, that's a lack of discipline. So, like, all of these things, I think, 
largely have to be shouldered first by Dean. And I don't see him pulling that back to be like, hey, guys, no, we need to change this. Mm-hmm. Well, especially when you know that they're going to call the freaking penalty and Dallas is probably going to score on the subsequent power play. Like, how about you don't? How about you take a minute to thought? And you're right. I think a lot of that Dean doesn't rein in the guys as much as he could. Sometimes I think he encourages a, a little bit more of that or he just won't say anything at all. Whereas he forgets to be the coach, if you will. He forgets to say, hey, guys new strategy. I know, yes, they're calling everything. So you know what? Here's what we're going to do or lay out the plan X, Y, Z and say, this is exactly what needs to happen. This is how we get the best of this. I think Pete DeBoer got under Dean's skin. I think he got in Dean's head and Dean has not been able to let that go. So you're right. The scapegoat has been then the officiating. And now I want Minnesota Wild fans to understand the officiating has been bad on both sides. Dallas has gotten a number of calls, too, that are clear makeup calls. Yes, I agree. Marcus Foligno should not have been assessed those two penalties that resulted in power play goals in game four. Yes, it shouldn't have been a major. It for sure was a two-minute minor. But still, I mean, it's gone both ways to an extent. It seems like from our perspective, it's worse. But that's just because the PK is that bad and they're getting rewarded for those penalties. But uh, back to your point, Judd, you're right. I mean, Dean needs to be a coach. I don't know how to put it any simpler. He needs to, he loves to go back into his hat of things to say, Hey, this is how the Minnesota wild play. Hey, this is what we do. This is the Minnesota wild, blah, blah, blah. like, no, I need you to be mad because Matt Zuccarello is doing stupid things. I need you to be mad because Matt Boldy isn't connecting with Marcus Johansson. And I need you to be extra mad that Kirill Kaprizov, who is getting paid $8 million a year has kind of gone invisible. I just think that you need to get upset. I need to hear that. I need to hear that that trust because you're right. The other coaches are saying it. I mean, Dallas is doing this without Joe Pavelski who would have had an instrumental yes. part in an integral part in this, in this team. And they're doing just fine. And the power play. Yes, exactly. Like Joe Pavelski is their net front guy. And he's one of the best. Right. Sagan's replaced him and look like Gretzky. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. And I mean, again, you can go on and on and find excuses. There's no excuse for playing badly. That's just that at the end of the day. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, I, I just would, we're not a complaining about referees type of podcast and, and just personalities like bad calls are certainly going to happen. I agree that yesterday's major should not have been a major, probably just two minutes. I thought the TNT crew did a great job breaking it down. Um, at the same time, that major, like Gus, I know they score eight seconds in and that's a buzzkill. Then they kill off the remaining, what, four, four minutes and 50 seconds. And you still have a chance basically to come back into that game and you don't. You know, two nothing after one felt like eight to nothing. Like two nothing yes. is not completely out of the woods that you're just out of this game. It felt like a ten nothing game down to nothing, and there was just zero response. And of course, you know Sam Steele has a breakaway early on and and can't capitalize. Like it's just it feels like the same story over and over again for this wild team in the playoffs. And maybe they bounce back in game six, but it just it it's it's too familiar, I think, for a lot of wild fans. Hundred percent. Can Steele come out too? Can can Sunquist, who was picked up, who's won a cup, please play? Like, what is the what is the Sam Steele thing? And the, I I will say this above and beyond Dean, I'll give you one thing that really hurts right right now. And this guy is young, but he's not that young now. The develop the slow development, Marco Rossi. He's twenty one. Mm-hmm. He's twenty one. There's twenty one year olds playing in this league, right, Jess? And you know, for all we say, well, Eric's an X out. I mean, they got they don't have centers. What's anyone supposed to do? I mean, Marco Rossi, it's very, it's very reasonable to say he should be playing by now. Now, I understand that they don't think he can, and I'm not even suggesting that he isn't developing slowly and might be fine. But, you know, when we're talking about a salary cap strap team 
when we're talking about one of the most important positions in the sport, center, and you draft Marco in the top 10 when they did, you expect that by the 2023 playoffs, that dude's playing. Like, mm-hmm. that really hurts them, that that they, they don't have the confidence or ability to have him, let's say, on the second or third line. Forget the first line, second or third line. Yeah, I mean, the marriage that Dean has to his long line is stronger than even my own marriage. No, I'm just kidding. That was dramatic <laughs> and hilarious. My husband's going to hate that. But no, I mean, he just, for That's whatever reason, does. <laughs> yeah, right? It's true of mine. At least it's we so go our strong. separate ways. I'll sit in my office. She'll be on the couch. In Dean's world, it's like, honey, we just have to be together all the time. All the time. I love you, Freddie Gaudreau, Sam Steele. I can't move you. This is what we're doing. Matt Zuccarello. Oh, you and Caprice. Like, just things. Again, you're at this juncture where... What's it going to hurt? I mean, Oscar Sundquist beat the Minnesota Wild was a huge reason the St. Louis Blues won a Stanley Cup. And and he's got the physical presence, that net front presence that we're missing from Jules Eric's neck. I'm going to get that from Oscar Sundquist, not necessarily from Sam Steele. And now I do want to say I've liked the way Sam Steele reasserted himself into the lineup. I don't think that was necessarily bad at that point. You just had one too many bodies. But yeah, I mean, even the fourth line, which I've liked for a while for the coming into the playoffs, toss it up. I don't care. Put Ryan Reeves on the bench. You want me to go back and say put Marcus Lino on the bench? Maybe put Marcus. I will not because I've liked his game really thus far. I do like his hitting, but he's doing more than Ryan Reeves then. So put Ryan Reeves on the bench. Like there's no reason you can't change things. Like either you want to win or you don't. And you're not going to win by putting out the same exact thing night after night when Pete DeBoer is throwing different things at you and and just playing a better all coaching a better all around team for an all better around game. And Kaprizov and Mats, like it's not working, and they won't recognize that. Like, how do you not recognize? How how have you not? And we we've talked. I think we talked about this last time we did this show. How have you not broken them up? Yeah. Like last night, how do you not say, you know what, Gustav Nyquist is playing well. I know Zuccarello. I, this this keeps getting pointed out. I know he's got some points, okay, but he's been a disaster at times. How do you not take him off that line? I just don't get it. And and the other thing. That really bugs me about him because it's a tell sign. In game three, he scored two goals, okay? The first goal he scored is the definition of a goal of the goals the Wild should be scoring all the time. Got in front, really greasy goal, rebound, great play. Well, they were talking on TV after game two, the debacle, mm-hmm. when, when Dean did the film session with his players, he evidently lit into Matt's. So we got the bounce back. Oh, I'm I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. And then last night we've got, uh, well, I guess I was back then, but I'm not now. That's a telltale sign. That really bugs me. I hate when guys get drilled and then have a game where it's like, yeah, I've got this. You know, that ga- that goal he scored in game three needs to be the goal they're scoring constantly. Right. It's exactly what they're not doing. If I keep saying this. If Jake Ottinger can see it, he's going to stop it. Mm. But if you also go blocker side on him, he doesn't. Like, I've I've already That's picked it. this up. I can't shoot the puck to save my life. I could probably score on Jake Ottinger because I know where to pick him off on. Like, I just, that's the thing. The D pairings are good for Dallas. They're not unstoppable. You can penetrate that just fine. That's the other thing, too. You go back to where's the rebounds. Like, Jake Ottinger's rebound control hasn't been that fantastic either. Like, who is there to punch it through? Who is there to be your quote-unquote gritty player that we're all resounding to? Nobody wants to do it. I mean, Kirill Kaprizov, I will give him that, will be that guy if he needs to. Um, but he's getting manhandled down there. I just, I, I'm i out of answers. Like, I don't know what else to say to them except get your heads out of your butt. and um, Get your 
freaking heads yes. out of your butt. Like, it's just so frustrating to watch because I do think they have what it takes to get past Dallas. I don't think Dallas I was not going to be their crux, but I don't see how they turn things around from what we witnessed in game five and compete better in game six, knowing that they just, they don't, they don't seem to care. They don't seem to possess this willingness to do what needs to get done to advance. Which shocks me with this team too. That's, I think that's what bugs me. Preezy suitor teams. You know what? They disgusted me, but I wasn't shocked. I was just disgusted. Mm-hmm. Like what I saw last night just absolutely floored me. Yeah. Cause you know, game two, very disappointing. I ripped them. They deserved it. Um, but then they came back and won big. I, I think even if they win, what's troublesome is the formula, right? Like game three, you're great. Game four, you play hard. Like last night, go out and win. That was a winnable game. Right. It never should have felt like that. That never should have happened. You know, you had every chance, but it's just ultimately again, and I don't know why, this seems to be a wild thing to your to what you're saying. It just always feels like at the end of the day, they're not willing to put in what it takes. Because you watch beyond this team you watch the games the playoff games which are spectacular guys are getting hurt left and right and paying a price that is again it's hell it's fun to watch but it looks like hell and the wild never looks like they're willing to go through even first round hell you know forget the second or the third i mean the ones and that's what disappoints me so much is like where is that where is you know felino seems to his credit i think not always smart, but you know what? He is willing to pay the price. But when, you know, when Gustav Nyquist in the first period last night is being boxed out and doesn't try to do anything about it, and it's a rebound. Mm-hmm. Dude, you've got to do something about it. You've got to go in there and create havoc. This isn't January, man. This isn't January. They play like a Minnesota person you know what i mean like if you could embody yes. a minnesotan the yes. minnesota wild are it's very oh, passive whoops. aggressive oh, very oh, like oh, oh let oh, me sneak right oh, oh. They let me sneak right past you it, like it just yeah. and suitors like no screw you yeah it's gonna really pain the wild fans when like parisian suitor advance on and they're sitting at home right like just it's gonna pain me just suitor alone, just yeah. suitor alone. <laughs> but yeah ha- i mean yeah it's just to go back to the top of the show, you know, the whole blues thing and this, it's just too similar. And Ottinger, you know, go go back a few years, guys named Jake and Goal are impenetrable. <laughs> you know? Yep. Wow. It's like, why are we talking again about, well, they couldn't get to the net? Well, we, we did that already. Mm-hmm. And getting to the net is not a skill. It's hard freaking work. You know, and Oscar Sundquist, a net front presence, is sitting. So, so Sam Steele, who I guess with Goudreau are your two adopted children, Dean, you know, oh, I got to play them. No, you don't. Just put them back in the press box. Steele's been in the press box as much as we have, Jesse. So, and <laughs> anyway, I'm done. Dex, final thoughts uh, or Jesse? You know, for force a game six. Let's see what happens here. Or force a game seven, excuse me. Let's, let's see what happens in game six. I was going to say, do you guys think that's my final question? Do you guys think they can win game six? I think they oh, can. Yeah. I think they can. You think they, yeah. will. you think they can? If they have any pride, they will. Yeah. Because this Dallas team is, I mean, they've got some nice talent, but the formula for playing them, if Dean actually, instead of talking to you guys in the airport, if he actually puts pen to paper, there is a formula. I, I don't think, I don't feel personally in covering the, this team. I, I mean, the old team disgusted me. 
but I don't think I've ever felt I've known a team as well as I know this wild team and what the formula is. And if they do the formula, which is going to take the paint peeling off walls in that locker room, um, I think they can win. If they don't, they won't. Also, NHL can uh, we we have lives? Can you like just give us start times, please, for games? Can you just can you just pencil yeah. these damn things in? We all have lives. We're not just Judd waiting <laughs> on sports to on happen. Friday do you yet? get? Yeah. Do you guys love like trying to like explain to people like, well, I don't I, know because I don't know my life for the next day yep. or two. Yeah, it's great. That's, that's uh, the wild plane has not even left from Dallas yet, so I'm also back in limbo <laughs> again. So no big Why deal. Why is it still just in kids. Dallas? I have no idea. No clue. Supposed to be there at two now. After last night. Back. I would have rented a fleet of cars and said, you're driving. <laughs> you're driving back. That's a That's straight your shot. Punishment. It's 35. Yep. It's oh, it's easy shot. to do. It's yeah. easy to do. I'm, I'm sure that uh, I'm, I'm sure that, that at least one guy w- would get lost potentially. But, yes, that's a punishment. Dean, come on. All right, Jesse, thank you. Definitely. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate it. I hit the subscribe button, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. This is Judd's Hawk. We'll be back in on game six for Event Line as well. And pass shoot score.